You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Bible, we see many people refusing gifts. Abraham refused the gifts of the king of Sodom in chapter 14 of Genesis. He didn't want to compromise his testimony before the people of Sodom who desperately needed to know who the Lord God was. We read in Acts 8 how Peter and John rejected Simon the sorcerer's money. He wanted to buy the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He said, God forbid, your money perished with you. What's wrong with you? for sale. There are many people out there that are under the mistaken impression that they can offer gifts to God that could increase His love and acceptance. Maybe you're listening and that's you. Today, Pastor Dave will help you learn that there's nothing you can do to earn God's love. It's a free gift. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5 as he begins his message, Gehazi Falls from Grace. You are Heavenly Father, now as we come and sit before you, Lord, we sit at your feet. And Lord, we have expectance to hear from you. As we open up your word, help us, Lord, to study your word, to be students of your word. Help us, Lord, to correctly divide your word that we might show ourselves approved. Help us, Lord, to know you better and and to see you in all these things that we read about, Lord, and talk about, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word as it is and that we can study from it. And I thank you for these saints, Lord, who come out so faithfully to hear from you and to to fellowship one to another and to worship you. And Lord, I ask that you would bless them abundantly, Lord. Bless those who couldn't be here tonight, Father God, for whatever reasons. We certainly, anyone else who can't be here tonight for whatever reasons, illnesses or whatever, Lord. So Father, now as we come now, settle our hearts. Let nothing get in our way to hear from you. Speak loudly, Lord, because your children are listening. We thank you, Lord. Spirit, have your way tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have been making our way through 2 Kings, and we've come to the point where we've been studying Elisha. Elisha is the miracle-working prophet who basically took up the mantle from his mentor, Elijah. And we have seen Elisha minister to all sorts of people who came to him with all sorts of maladies and all sorts of different problems. He has met every need. And I found it interesting, something that we didn't say. Elisha means God, his salvation. I like that. God, his salvation. While Elisha served the Lord, he ministered to any individual need. He was not influenced by their social standing. He was not influenced by their wealth or lack of. Nothing influenced him when he ministered to people. Like our Lord God, Elisha was no respecter of persons. 
And I think we need to remember that when we are out ministering to others too, especially in a day like when we go out to minister to those who are in need of help. We we have to be willing to minister to all because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and everyone needs a savior regardless of their standing. So we cannot put ourselves on some plane and look down upon people. So when we studied last week, we saw Elisha ministering to Naaman. Naaman was the general of the Syrian army, and he had a problem. He had leprosy. But Elisha sent him to the Jordan to wash seven times. He rejected a little bit, kind of got a little haughty, but he eventually did that, and he was healed. He was healed of his leprosy. And he makes a profession of faith in the Lord. Look back to 15 in chapter 5. It says, and he, Naaman, returned to the man of God, and he and all his aides. And he came and stood before him, and this is what Naaman says. Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. So Naaman declares his faith in God. He declares his love for God, and he recognizes that the God of Israel, the Lord God Jehovah, is God of all. And this is a big step for Naaman because he was an idol worshiper and he worked for an idol worshiper. His boss was an idol worshiper. But he offers Elisha a gift. Elisha would not take it. If Elijah had accepted the gift, there's a thought here that he would have taken credit for himself for the healing. And Elijah didn't want to take credit for it. He gave all glory to God, which is what we need to do. He would have robbed God of the glory of healing Naaman. We're saved to glory God. We're saved to bring him glory. Bringing glory to God should be always a priority in our lives and everything that we do. We should always want to bring glory to God. And also think about this. If Elisha had accepted Naaman's gift, Naaman might have gotten an idea as a new convert that gifts had something to do with his salvation. When it did not, we know that. We are saved by God's grace. Throughout the Bible, we see many people refusing gifts. Abraham refused the gifts of the king of Sodom in chapter 14 of Genesis. He didn't want to compromise his testimony before the people of Sodom who desperately needed to know who the Lord God was. We read in Acts 8 how Peter and John rejected Simon the sorcerer's money. He wanted to buy the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He said, God forbid, your money perish with you. What's wrong with you? It's not for sale. Even the Apostle Paul refused financial support from the Corinthian church because he didn't want the people that he was just some other philosopher traveling around trying to collect people's money. So there's a precedent set here. However, there's nothing wrong in receiving a gift. There's nothing wrong with accepting and receiving the gift. The main thing here is giving God glory. The main thing here is giving glory to God. That's the main part here. Gehazi, the servant, went behind Elijah's back and he lies. He wants everything to himself and he does not give any glory to God. Naaman is seeking the truth. Naaman is the new convert. Naaman now wants to please the Lord in all he does, but Gehazi begins by coveting. He begins by coveting what Naaman had. Simply stated, to covet means to desire or to long for something else. 
Usually something that you don't have that someone else does. You begin to want that. You begin to long for that. In Exodus 19, 17, it's part of God's law. It's part of the Mosaic law. Thou shalt not covet. It was strictly forbidden in the law of Moses. But Gehazi's coveting leads to these unholy desires. It leads to a lying mouth, and it leads to deception. And it seems that as we break one commandment, it begins to snowball, and we start to break all these other commandments. And that's what we see in Gehazi here today. It all started with his covetousness. As I said, covetousness is a dire for more. I think Gehazi said, well, after all, I'm worth this, and I deserve that. I should have that. That's mine. I deserve it. When we make idol out of material things, like wealth and those kind of things, we also bear false witness. We don't honor God. We abuse others and even commit murder to get what we want. It appears that Gehazi's spiritual life had been decaying for quite a while. We've often said that these kind of things don't happen overnight, but they creep in slowly and a little at a time. And now his covetousness gets the better of him, and it basically takes control. And as we're going to see at the end, his actions result in him becoming a leper, a disease which typified decay on the inside, which was Gehazi's problem from the first start. The heart of Gehazi's problem was his heart. The heart of Gehazi's problem was his heart. Look at verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian, while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So the first thing we see here is Gehazi lying to himself. He heard Elisha refused Naaman's gifts, but he thought worldly instead of godly. It's very similar when Mary anointed Jesus' feet with this nard, just this spike nard, and she started wiping with the hair. Remember the disciples standing around him? They're all kind of muttering, oh, this would have fed the poor. How come she did this? What's going on? So it's almost like, wait a minute here. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus speaks of covetousness. In Luke 12, 15, Jesus says with the parable of the rich fool, He says, and he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Covetousness is all about collecting things. It's all about having more than the next guy. The guy with the most toys wins. No, it's it's about collecting things. It's about getting things that other people don't have or wanting the things that other people do have. Sadly, Gehazi had spent a long time with Elisha. He had seen all the miracles. He had seen every single thing that happened. He watched all the healings take place. He watched the miracles take place that Elisha did. But there was something wrong with his heart. Just because you hang around with somebody who is saved doesn't mean that you're saved. Doesn't mean that you get saved. Best example of that is who? Judas. Judas hung around with Jesus for three and a half years. Saw all the miracles, heard all the stories, heard all God's word. 
Same thing. It's happening here. Gehazi had a problem with his heart. Gehazi had a problem with his heart. We need to work out our own salvation. We're responsible for our own salvation. God has already done all the work. Our response is what? To believe. We need to believe and have it settled in our heart. But Gehazi had sin in his heart, and it started to fester. It started to boil over, and it led him to act in an ungodly manner. And this is what sin does in our life if we allow it to stay there and not confess it to the Lord. It festers. It gets in there, and it roots around, and it festers, and it starts to boil over, and the next thing you know, we're caught in the middle of some sin that we didn't want to be there in the first place, and we don't even know how to get out of it. One commentator I read said this, quote, Gehazi blamed his master for, for refusing Naaman's present, condemned him as foolish in not taking the gold when he might have had it. He envied and grudged his kindness and generosity to this stranger, though it was for the good of his soul. In short, he thought himself wiser than his master. Gehazi thought he was the boss. He was the smart one. It's interesting, though, when Gehazi says these words, as the Lord lives, he's basically taking the Lord's name in vain. He's basically taking the Lord's name in vain. What does this give us an impression of? It gives us an impression that there was no fear of the Lord in his heart. This is a bad place to be. If you got a minute, turn to Romans 3. In Romans 3, Paul writing to the church in Rome, he writes this treatise that we all know and we all love. We've all read through it. And he speaks in the first three chapters. He speaks to the Gentiles first, then he speaks to the Jews, then he speaks to both of them together. And he says in chapter 3, listen to what he says. I'm beginning in verse 9. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Listen to that indictment. Listen to that indictment. I don't know about you, but when I read through that, I'm thinking of where we're living today. I'm thinking of the world in which we are now here. Exactly what's happening everywhere. This sums up everything. Sin is rampant in this world. And evil is now good, and good is now evil. And those who stand up for righteousness will be sorely persecuted in the coming times. Surely chastised. Why? Because there's no fear of God in their hearts. There's no fear of the Lord. There's no regard to do God's will. There's no regard for him and looking at his word. No one wants to live and bring honor to God and glory to God because there's no godly fear. Instead, they have a desire to disobey. They have a desire to respect and not honor God. Their hearts aren't right with the Lord. There's no humility in their thinking, and they refuse to be governed or guided by the Holy Spirit. This sounds just like the world in which we live today. 
themselves just like the world. These people are guided by a different set of principles. They have a worldview of everything. They have a worldly view of everything. And for me, it's extremely sad and depressing to watch, to look at. This is where Gehazi's heart is. This is exactly where Gehazi's heart is. There is no fear of the Lord in his heart. So he lied to himself. He lied to himself. And now as we go back to 2 Kings, he runs and catches up to the chariot, and he's going to lie to Naaman. Let's look at 21 and 22. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, It's all well. And he, Gehazi, said, All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Indeed, just now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garment. So Gehazi lied to himself, thinking that he should have all of these things. And now he's lying to Naaman. Look at the lie he says to Naaman. My master has sent me. This is totally untrue. Naaman, being the kind of guy he is now, he's just been blessed abundantly. He sees this Gehazi running to him and he stops. He gets off his chariot and said, it's all well. It's all well. Basically, he's saying, peace, shalom. And Gehazi is saying, yeah, yeah, peace, shalom. Well, that's a lie too. Because when you're in sin, there is no peace in your heart. When you're in the midst of sin, you have no peace. And if you do, we need to talk. If you can sin and still have peace in your heart, you and I really need to have a conversation. But Gehazi said, hey, peace, all's well. No, he didn't have it together. He didn't have the shalom peace. It was not having well-being because he was trying to carry out an evil plan. So what is he doing? He's using a cloak of covetousness. Paul talked about a cloak of covetousness in 1 Thessalonians 2, 5. And when Paul did that, he was very aware that God is a witness to our activities. You may hide many things from many people, but you're not going to hide anything from God. God sees all, knows alls. So Gehazi uses Elisha's name and lies to Naaman. My master sent me. This was a blatant lie. Elisha did not send him. What's interesting to me is that we like to draw other people in our lies. Because when we draw other people in our lies, it gives our lies credibility. Well, the pastor said this about you. Well, that gives the lie credibility because the pastor said it about you, supposedly. We do that a lot. We draw other people into our lie to give us credibility. And sometimes we love the lie so much that we start to believe our own lie. And our own lie becomes true. And we fight for it. Naaman was unaware of Gehazi's lie. And he gives back to him much more than he asked. Naaman, you know, he's just experienced his healing of leprosy. And he's, he's having that wonderful, beautiful relationship with God now. And he wants to serve God. A man comes and asks for things. And he says, yeah, I'm going to give you. No, don't just take a talent. Take Two talents. And here, don't just take two sets of clothes. Take all these garments. In fact, he gave them so much that his servants had to help Gehazi carry it back. Look at verse 23. 
So Naaman said, please take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver into two bags with two changes of garments and handed them to two of his servants and they carried them on ahead of him. Notice the number two here. Naaman is being a good witness of the Lord. Naaman is being a great witness of the Lord. Two is always the number of witness. Jesus sent them out by two. It's always a good witness. Must have been heavy. Two talents of silver. So they come and draw close to the place where he lived. They're now going to draw close to the place where he lived. And Gehazi dismisses Naaman's servant. Look at 24. When he came to the citadel, he took them from their hand and stored them away in the house. And then he let the men go and they departed. So now he's going to start to be even deceitful. He has lied And now he's being deceitful. He doesn't want anybody to see what he has. He's going to hide them. He's going to hide them. It's interesting to me that how one lie always leads to another lie, which always leads to another lie. And pretty soon you're so deep in your lies, you have no way out. It's like you've put yourself into this giant trap because all you've done is lied and lied and lied. He tries to cover it up. He deliberately hid this stuff from Elisha because he knew he was doing wrong. He knew it was wrong and he deliberately hid this. So his actions are convicting him. So the lying continues. Gehazi lied to himself. He lied to Naaman. And now, sadly, he lies to his master. Let's read verse 25. Now he went and stood before his master. Elisha said to him, Where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. (laughs) Your servant didn't go anywhere. He acted very innocently before Elisha. He acted real innocently before Elisha, but little did Gehazi know that Elisha knew. Elisha was on to him. How do you lie to a man of God? (laughs) How do you come to a man of God who's been doing all these miracles and is doing all these kind of things and lie to him without thinking that he might know? I think that's pretty, I get get humor out of that. And then we come to the next part in verse 26. Then he, Elisha, said to him, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Oh. Is that when Gehazi pulled a Jackie Gleason? Humana, 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 humana. Is that when Gehazi looked his master in the face and it's like, hey, I got you dead to rights, pal. I got you dead to rights. He said, is it time to receive money, receive clothing, olive groves, vineyards, sheep, oxen, male, and female servants? Look at this list. Look at this list. Did not my heart go with you? I hear a broken heart from Elisha. His own servant turned on him. His own servant lied to him. His own servant did what he specifically didn't want him to do. I hear a broken heart here. I hear a broken heart when Elisha says, wait a minute, I want my heart with you, and it's crushed. I hear sadness in his voice because Gehazi was a beloved servant was a beloved servant, and he had never treated him poorly. He had never treated him bad. You are a sure.
Our time with you today has come to an end on a sure hope. But in our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue teaching through the book of 2 Kings. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for Assure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We gather each week for a time of worship and Bible study. Our service times are Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Feel free to give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609 609- 884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit assurehoperadio.com for directions and more details. If you prefer email, go ahead and email us with any questions at info at capewatchradio.com. You might be interested in knowing that for those who aren't able to come in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live and on YouTube Live. Just look for a link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of 2 Kings. We're looking forward to the next edition as Pastor Dave will share more from this Old Testament book about the rise and fall of many kings. There are lessons to be learned about leaders who were just people. May what you hear give you a sure hope.